0: Welcome back to Japan Education. My name is Lawrence Dennis and I am an English teacher here in Kyoto, Japan. And I am here to talk about uh, those things, about living and working as an English teacher in Kyoto, Japan, as well as the news and things that are going on in this world, uh, things that are going on here in Japan and also um, uh, uh, around the world. But I I do primarily focus on, on Japan and America because I am American. Um, but um, yeah, I hope y'all are doing well. Today I am recording this on Sunday, January twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. I took the week off from the podcast last week to just kind of center myself, and I, I was busy with other things and tr- and kind of um, I wasn't really focused on the podcast, and I, I had uh, I was preoccupied with things. And so I, I just thought, you know what, I, I've been doing this for, for several months now, uh, every single week, uh, I can take a week off and just kind of step, step back, uh, recollect my thoughts and kind of um, uh, just, um, you know, come back a week later, better than ever, hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Uh, so I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I want to start off today with just a, uh, a quick joke. Um, One of my students who does listen to the podcast uh, requested that I include more jokes, more dumb, stupid dad jokes. uh, And so here is a dad joke for you. What are the two things that you can't have for breakfast? I'm just going to repeat that real quick. What are the two things that you can't have for breakfast? You can eat so many things for breakfast, but there are two things that you definitely can't have for breakfast what are they the answer in three two one you can't have lunch or dinner oh (laughs) all right uh that is the dad joke for this week god that's dumb uh i am uh you know it's it's sunday night i'm feeling relaxed i'm getting ready for for the week ahead i um, kind of mentally preparing myself. There's nothing I really need to physically do to prepare myself, but just kind of mentally preparing myself for the week ahead. I am uh, relaxing with a a glass of uh, plum sake, which is called umeshu in Japanese, but uh, I don't know if you can hear the, the ice clinking in the glass there. I'm gonna take a sip, excuse me. Mm. Oh, that's good, okay. Um, before I get into the news and stuff like that, quick cat update, which is uh, something I often do at the beginning or towards the beginning of podcast episodes. Um, my cat, if you are a new listener, my cat was diagnosed with diabetes last year, and it's been, um, it's been a a, a rocky road since then. Um, but he is doing all right right now. He is actually currently. Literally now as I am talking, sitting in my lap, making my legs uh fall asleep and lose feeling. Uh so that's nice. But he is uh yeah, he's just laying down sleeping. Well, probably not actually able to sleep because I am talking so much. Uh but he is resting. Um he's he's <clears throat> excuse me. He is doing um pretty well, about as well as he could be. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know there was quite a a, a very sudden and deep, like downhill uh, fall where he went like basically catatonic. And I really thought he was a, a goner um, back in November. Um, but he recovered. And um, kind of he, he, from that or since then, he's never really gotten back to his old self completely. But he has um, recovered. He's, you know, moving about like normal. He's uh, He actually even ran around the house just a little bit, like very, very briefly this week, which he hasn't really done much, like, fast movement at all for the past couple of months, but uh, he did this past week a little bit. So, um, uh, but generally, since uh, that recovery in November, it feels like he's kind of just... Uh, on a very gradual decline in terms of his, I don't know, health and and just general energy level and mood and stuff like that. He doesn't seem to be happy. Here's what ha- has happened in the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm not sure if I talked about it last time because it was two weeks ago the last time I did a podcast. I'm not sure if I talked about it, but in, just in case there's new people anyways, I'll kind of recap uh, anyways. Um, You know, because he is diabetic, uh, he is. um, His glucose level needs to be regulated. And I give him insulin shots twice a day, also. um, But, like, I'm not supposed to be, like. Or, or I guess, ideally, um, I uh, would want to put him on a diet that limits his glucose intake, right? or, or kind of keeps it, at least keeps it at a regular, you know, uh, amount that I know. And so I could manage. Um, but that's really not possible with him. And it's also not really possible with my lifestyle just because I'm, uh, you know, I live alone and I'm gone at work for most of the day on five days a week. And so there's no one really to manage him and take care of him. Um, for five days of the week all, all day um, so like just based on that like I can't I can't really regulate his food as well as would be ideal for him um, and uh, while I was on vacation for the winter holiday I did try to regulate his food but then, he was just super hungry, like diabetes has made him uh, extremely ravenous, his appetite is out of control, and he just wants to eat a a lot, he doesn't like constantly eat, but like he will eat some, and then take a break, and then like 30 minutes later he wants to eat more, and then he'll, so like it's just kind of constant throughout the day, he doesn't eat like too much at one time, but all throughout the day, he, he just wants to eat like every hour, basically, uh, or something like that. And so what I was trying to do um, while I was on vacation and staying home a lot more was to really kind of limit his food intake and give him like uh, I I have like a special um, food for that is made for Uh, diabetic cats. Um, And it has like the recommended daily allowance on the package of the food as like, I think it's 56 grams or something like that. Um, And so I was giving him half of that in the morning, and then uh, trying to give him half of it at night, just just to try and get him used to that schedule, because that would be the only time that I would Like, normally, while I was working, I I would only be able to give him food in the morning and at night, um, and I'd be gone all day, so I couldn't give him food midday to tide him over. So I was trying to get him used to just having half of his recommended daily allowance in the morning and half at night. Um, And, uh, I mean, it just, it, it was not working. I would give him the half in the morning, and he would eat the entire thing, just like Like, it's nobody's business. Uh, He was kind of okay for, like, 30 minutes to an hour. But then an hour later, maybe, he would go back to his food bowl. And it's just empty. And he would just sit there. And kind of, he would just stare at it. And then he would walk over to me and just kind of stare at me. And then after, like, you know, five, ten minutes of just staring, then he started to get vocal. And he would just go, Just, you know, I, I can't imitate his sound, but uh, he would just meow for um, uh, forever. <laughs> like, it, it was an ending. It would not end until I gave him some more food. Um, and then um, I just, you know, I couldn't bear it. Like, honestly, it was just too sad. <laughs> you know, broke my heart too much to just watch him beg for food like that, and so I would—I ju- just ended up starting to give him all the food that he wanted to eat, basically, um, because and like when I thought about it, you know, the limiting of his food is meant to you know uh, keep his health and and maintain his healthy lifestyle to prolong his life, you know, but like the more I think about it, like. If he's going to be miserable and just hungry, there's no point in extending his life. Like I don't want to prolong his life and just have him be miserable. I would much rather have him be happy and you know, I mean it's it's morbid, but like I would much rather for him to be happy and die earlier than be miserable and live longer. Um that's that's just not fair to him if he's just unhappy just for my sake, for him to live longer. Um, yeah, I don't want him to suffer. And it really seemed like he was suffering a lot, or he was just so hungry. And, like, yeah, it, his appetite is is nuts. That recommended daily allowance of food that he's supposed to be eating in one day, he eats more than double that in a single day. Um, it's, it's wild how much he eats. But he also poops a lot. I mean, like started, you know, have the toilet talk here, but he does poop a lot, and it just goes right through his system. Um, and uh, so this past week, um, on Monday, this past week, I, I took him back to the vet to kind of talk about it. Well, we did a blood test, and we kind of talked about it. First of all, the blood test was good, his glucose level uh, had gone down from what it was the previous time we went to the vet. So that was good. Um, and uh it's still like a little on the high side but it it was lower than before so good um but uh, then I just kind of talked with the vet and I was like so like here's what I just explained that whole thing to him like it it seemed like he wasn't happy so I've been giving him tons of food like I don't know if this is okay and like do you think he's suffering how much do you think he's suffering because I just basically right now like I just don't want him to suffer you know um, if, he's, if he's in pain, if he's not doing well, like I don't want him to experience that. I would much rather he, his life um, you know, ended sooner rather than him prolonging his life and being miserable. Um, so anyways, I, I had that talk with the vet about it. and he said, well, here's the thing is like um, first of all about the eating, uh, it seems to be fine because his even though he is eating a ton his weight has not increased uh, since the last time he was here so uh, it it basically hasn't increased at all in two months Uh, so um, the the eating is doesn't seem to be a problem now if his weight starts to increase a lot then that is a problem or if his weight fluctuates a lot then that is an issue and then we'll deal with that if that happens but uh, for now, his weight is is stable, so it doesn't seem to be a problem. Um, so the overeating is fine. As far as like him suffering, like the thing about diabetes is like when humans get it, it's pretty much the same disease with with humans, and like humans have to give themselves insulin based on when they eat and how much they eat uh, of like sugar, um, and so that's the way to, you know, keep people, you know, keep any creature from suffering uh, from when they have diabetes. With a cat, you can't really do that. And especially with me because I'm gone all day and there's no one here to take care of him while I'm gone, when I'm working. Um, So the only thing that I can do really is to give him kind of a blanket dosage of insulin to last him throughout the day um rather than smaller doses whenever he eats Uh, and so when you do it that way it just inevitably he's gonna have some ups and downs um when when uh, there's just like there's nothing you can do about it it kind of sucks but there's nothing really you can do about it on the whole he's probably not suffering that much but there are going to be times when he is a little bit unhappy or you know miserable or uh, suffering there's the the downs are unavoidable just because of the fact that you can't give him insulin every time he eats like you it's just um like that would be ideal for him but you just can't do it and um anyway so uh, my leg is completely falling is, is completely asleep now because my cat is asleep on my lap, I'm going to have to move him and I don't know if he's going to be vocal, but my leg is dead. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I'm sorry, but you're... Oh, just please go over there. Ah! Oh, blood. Back to my leg. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, um so yeah that that's the update that i had this week it was really all of that was built up to talking about my my trip to the vet this week and the talk that i had with the vet this week um so i I feel a little bit better about him this week just because just from having that talk with the vet and being like yeah you know he's not as miserable probably as you think he might be um but like there are going to be ups and downs um and there's really nothing you can do about that. So I think where I'm at right now with him is like... I'm just going to keep doing it like this. Where I just give him all the food he wants, basically. If he if he's hungry, I'll give him food. Because uh, I, I don't really want him to feel hungry. I don't want him to suffer. Um, so if he's hungry, I'll give him food. Um, and that's that's been working so far for the last couple of weeks. And uh, if... And keep giving him the insulin as I've been giving him. I give him two shots a day, one in the morning, one at night. Um, and just kind of be with him. And he seems to be all right. He's, you know, he's hanging in there. Uh, like I said, he was running around a bit this week. He's doing he's doing all right. He's, he's a trooper. Um, but if something goes south again, you know, if, if something goes wrong and he takes a turn for the worst again, um, I think it might be best to just kind of end his suffering and just kind of let him go. Um, which is something that I had to come to grips with in the past couple of weeks. And um, yeah, it's, uh, honestly, just being perfectly honest here, like I cried thinking about it a lot uh, in like several times <laughs> this the past couple of weeks. Uh, but I've kind of... And I'm sure I will cry again if it actually happens, or well, I guess when it actually happens, it's bound to happen eventually, um, when I I actually have to say goodbye to him. Um, but for now, I think I'm okay with it. I've made my peace with it, and I've just, I'm I, I'm okay. And uh, I think he's okay for now. Um, so that's that's the cat update. Um, so that might be the last kind of cat update for a little while until things go. Um, unless things go wildly different um this might be the last cat update that i do on the podcast for a little bit and with that let's go into oh man the news this week united states has a new president and i have um not been uh shy about saying my feelings for donald trump as the president of the united states and just as a person in general not a fan um and so uh god it feels good to have a different president um and just like man okay first of all uh amanda gorman the the young poet who gave the uh, the reading at the inauguration ceremony oh my god i mean seriously took my breath away really i i watched i re-watched her uh, recitation of that poem the hill we climb um probably six or seven times uh because it was really just um not only was is it a great poem and it is a great poem but also just like her recitation of it, her performance of it was also just phenomenal. Um and um yeah, wow. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing? (laughs) Go, go and uh watch that. Uh it's really, really fantastic. Uh yeah. I don't have anything more to say about that. It's just it was great. Uh but then just more general about the new administration. Um getting things done, you know. They um, gosh here's what I'll say is just the most refreshing thing is like the press conferences Um, the White House press conferences with um, oh what is her name is it Lisa Saki I forget her name shoot the redhead (laughs) uh, the redhead woman uh, who is the press secretary um, doing the press conferences like just pleasant to watch and like not crazy <laughs> you know uh, i watched a uh, a side-by-side comparison of like the uh, uh i forget who it was doug something maybe um who was at the time um trump's first uh press secretary uh doing the first press briefing uh uh, on after his first day in the White House versus the, the one this past week after Biden's first day in the White House or on Biden's first day in the White House um, and just kind of comparing the two press conferences and how like the, the, uh, the one from Trump's administration was just so combative it was so combative against the press like why like why aren't you guys talking about how many people attended the 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 inauguration ceremony like just about all of these petty little things and i remember that happening and it's like yeah exactly it was exactly like that i mean that is the whole presidency is all this petty little bullshit that like does not help the American people at all, it's all about the image of the president, which was like all the fucking Trump cared about was just his image. Um, and it reminded me also, like, I I was thinking about how Trump would like never apologizes for anything. like he would never apologize for anything or admit that he doesn't know anything or like, you know, instead of just like, there's another thing that's just seeing... Um, You know, people saying like, if you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know. And we'll look and we'll figure it out and we'll get back to you and like actually genuinely mean that. Like, I'm sorry, I don't know the answer rather than pretending like, you know, an answer and like, or just making some bullshit up, like maybe we can drink bleach and maybe that'll work, you know, stop making bullshit up and just like be a man, be an adult and just say like, I don't know. Um, I'm going to talk with people who do know, (laughs) and we'll learn something, you know? But Trump would never do that, because he has to be the fucking smartest guy in the room, and he has to be the alpha male who can't show weakness. Like, he would never apologize for anything, you know? Um, He would never admit fault in anything. Um, And, like, that... So... God, it just... it just makes me so happy to just have adults in the room again that's all it is it's just like fucking grown-ups just people acting like mature adults and just like you don't have to be perfect 100% of the time you do your best and you try to help as many people as you can and you can admit your faults because nobody's perfect and you don't have to be like uh, you know the smartest person in the room you bring the smartest people into the room so that they can tell you what to do rather than you trying to fucking be the smartest person in the room like seriously fauci's back by the way (laughs) speaking of bringing the experts into the room fauci's back and he seemed happy about it that was fun to see um yeah it's just like it's just refreshing to just be back with, like, r- rational, mature people as leaders. Um, you know, I, I don't know how great Biden is going to be as a president. Like, to be honest, I, I'm i not holding my breath for him to be, like, a messiah or anything. But, like, he's just a fucking mature person. And I'm so happy for that. So, Yeah. Um you know, people have called him out people have called him out for saying like racist things and stuff and like I have also then seen him apologize for it and see like, oh, you know, I didn't realize that what I was saying could be construed as racist and i I apologize for that like I that was a mistake I shouldn't have said that and like holy shit so like anytime that people some people have have messaged me it's like. Um, you know sent me DMs being like I can't believe you support Biden when he's been he's like you know he's this racist old man you know and I'm like yeah but he has apologized for that like yeah he did like he's done some questionable things he said some questionable things but then he has apologized for them afterwards can you ever imagine Donald Trump doing that no (laughs) like that's the thing Like, Donald Trump will deny to the end of his... to his grave that he is a racist. He will deny it to the end of days. You know, nobody's been a better president for black people than I am. (laughs) I mean, come on. Come on. What a fucking idiot. (laughs) Uh, So, he's gone. And it's just been... I mean, he's been out of the... The public spotlight like I've, I've barely seen his name in the news anymore like oh it's just i think that's going to be something that like honestly for a couple of years like uh, certainly for the next co- like month or so it's going to be like on a daily basis like oh Trump is not in the news. Like Trump's not president. Like that's going to be awesome. And then after, and then that'll fade off after a couple of months. But then like, you know, a week later or two weeks later, I'll be like, I'll have this moment where I'll be like, oh yeah, Trump's not president anymore. And, <laughs> and I think that's how it'll be probably for the next couple of years for me where like just every, maybe two to, two to four weeks, I'll have a moment where I go like, where I'm, I'm looking through the news and I'm just like, God, remember when Trump was the fucking president? How fucking dumb was that? Or like, just, ah, yeah, I don't have to look at that fucker's face anymore. Like, I don't have to see all the dumb shit he said anymore in the news. Like, I, that's so pleasing. It is so pleasing, and I'm sorry to swear so much, but like, he really is uh, honestly the worst. (laughs) He is honestly the worst. Uh, so that's, um, that's what's been on my mind this week with the news. Honestly, that's, that's occupied the most of my attention. It's just like, just how refreshing it is to have a change of pace for the leadership of my home country. Um, as far as Japan goes, uh, the biggest thing I think about, or the, you know, the biggest things that I've been thinking about in terms of Japan's, um, news over the past week or two weeks are um, the Coronavirus and the Olympics, uh, which are, uh, of course, very related (laughs) right now because we are in the midst of a pandemic. Um, In terms of uh, Coronavirus uh, in Japan, uh, the numbers are staying fairly high. Um, We've got uh, I think we had like five we have it's been like 5,000 new cases every day on average I would say or maybe more than 5,000 cases per day on average for a couple of weeks um, yeah which is like the highest that it's been for Japan you know for, throughout this whole thing for this whole year um, we are back in a state of emergency again in Japan. And, and, well, it's not nationwide, but it is uh, in here in Kyoto, where I live, as well as a few other prefectures. Um, it is a state of emergency. However, I don't think the state of emergency has actually affected people. I, and I've heard that on the news as well. I've heard that um, just generally, this current state of emergency is actually even though the numbers are higher than last time Japan went into state of emergency which was back in uh, April I think or March or April April I think um, of last year uh, the numbers were much lower then but people abided by the state of emergency a bit more um, whereas this time around I've heard even though the numbers are much much higher than they were last April in terms of cases and deaths, um, people are are actually much less compliant and and people are actually not really abiding by the state of emergency uh, regulations um, to a a higher degree. So um, it's this kind of weird thing. I think it's like just generally probably just fatigue of like, you know, it's been a year. It's been almost a year now, and people are just kind of tired, and they don't they're, they're, they don't want to stay home. Um, I have been doing my part. I've been staying home a lot. I've barely, aside from going to work this past week, um, I, I barely go out of my house. I go out to go shopping, and then I stay home most of the time. I, I've gone to friends' houses a couple of times, um, but yeah, mostly stayed home. Um I have occasionally, not in the past couple of weeks. Uh but like actually no, not since we entered a state of emergency officially. I have not gone to any like restaurants or any uh coffee shops or anything like that. Um I've been I've been socially responsible. <laughs> uh but I have gone to work because uh, we are back at school. Schools are open. You, um, you know, the state of emergency doesn't affect school closures or anything like that. Um, however, um, talking about personal stuff now and uh, what's going on with me, my school um, did have a uh, what they, they're calling a cluster of cases. Um, we had uh, an outbreak on, in one of our uh, sports teams, And then it kind of spread to other students as well and to teachers as well. Um, So I think we had like uh, something like 40 cases or so uh, positive test uh, tested positive for covid um, in the last uh, like week and a half. And so my school did shut down for a few days. It's not closing down for like two weeks or anything like that. It's it's just for a few days while we um, uh, sanitize and disinfect, uh, the school. Uh, but, um, yeah, that happened. Um, so we, we shut down on Wednesday and, uh, kids have not been in school for the second half of this week. So I went back to school. I went back to work this week and uh, taught classes for two days, two and a half days, I guess. And then, uh, we shut down <laughs> And then for the last uh, two and a half days, uh, for the last half of the week, I um, haven't been doing much. I've been going to work, um, but uh, haven't been doing much at work because there's no students. And just because it's only a few days that we're not really required to do anything uh, as far as like online classes, like the school just doesn't really want to bother with organizing it. (laughs) So they've just said, like, just give them homework to do. And and then uh, you don't worry about doing online classes. Um, And so I haven't been doing online classes. And students will be back next week on uh, Wednesday next week. So that's what's been going on with um, with me. Went back to work. Uh, It is nice to be back at work. I was just at the point um, where, like, I was... Really, my my brain had been turned off of work for th- three weeks. For three weeks, I had vacation. Maybe more than that. Was it three weeks? One, two... Yeah, I guess it was officially three weeks. Three full weeks. A little... Maybe three weeks and two days. Um, but, yeah. For three weeks, I had vacation. And... Um, just completely switched my brain off of work, like did not think about work, did not do any work for even uh, a moment. Uh, I did think about work a bit, but not not really much. But uh, I definitely didn't do any work for an entire three weeks, which I think is probably the first time I've gone that long without doing anything for work uh, in probably three or four years. Um so that was nice but then by the end of it i was really like itching to get back into work i i've said before i really like my job i really like teaching um and so like by the end of it that last weekend before i was going back to work this uh, um i was like really itching to get back there i was really ready for it and so it, it has felt good to be back at work this week and then of course midway through the week the <laughs> school shuts down and I, it's like i'm um, it's almost like I'm on vacation again, but not really, because I'm still going to work. But um, yeah, not actually teaching classes. Uh, so I am looking forward to students coming back next Wednesday um, and see them. Then. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's been hitting me even more and more, uh, and this is something that I have I also talked about on the podcast before, um, but my homeroom class is, is the senior class. They're getting ready to graduate. Um, graduation happens in March here. It's, a, it's on March 1st, which is my birthday, actually. So my homeroom students will graduate on my birthday, um, which is going to be uh, extremely emotional for me. And it's, it's been getting to me that, like, it's basically a month away now. It's basically... It's just slightly more than one month. It's January 24th now. February is only 28 days, and then March 1st. Um, So, like, just slightly more than a month away from the students graduating that I have been, um, you know, together with. I've been their homeroom teacher together with for at least three years. Some of them for five years, depending on when they entered our school. But most of them for three years. Um... And, uh, boy, it, you know, being a homeroom teacher, I, I know I've talked about this before, but again, I will say just in case there are new listeners, being a homeroom teacher in Japan is like, you spend a lot of time with your homeroom students. You start your day with them, you end your day with them. Uh, any kind of field trips or assemblies or anything like that, any like special school thing functions that happen, you're together with your homeroom. So like I definitely start, I have started and finished every school day with these students for the past three years with the same group of students, basically. Um, The homerooms do mix slightly throughout um, through the three years. um, But in my department, there's only two homerooms and so the students are only able to mix so much between the two homerooms and so I'm very very close with both of them and I'm the only uh, well no I'm not the only I'm the only non Japanese homeroom teacher that has been with them for three years so of the non Japanese faculty I am the closest with these students also and like they they know me very well as well Um, And it's just kind of like you know i mean if you think about like when you start your day and finish your day with the same group of people for years like that's you become a family like you become you get to know each other very very well and that's it's just kind of like comforting to see the same to start and finish your day with the same faces like when you live with people you know when you live with your family you wake up and you see the same faces and you go to bed at night and you see the same faces before you go to bed. Like, that is your family. Uh, and this, you know, it's it's not quite the same because it's at work, you know. It's, it's not like right when I wake up and right when I go to sleep. But like, for my work day, I begin and end my work day with this group of kids, with the same group of kids. And I have done for the past, um, well, for the past five years for some of these kids. I've seen them every single school day for five years uh, and and watch them grow and and so it's going to be emotional for me it already is uh, and it, it's hitting me now because like they they're actually not coming into school much anymore because they are getting ready for university and they're not required to come into school uh, during this semester during this final semester um, so I'm seeing like, the, some of them come in occasionally if they have things to do at school. Uh, so I do see some of them um, still, but, like, most of them are not coming in. And so, I like, the amount of times that I have left to see them <laughs> is just, like, significantly diminished um, before they graduate. And so, God, it's, it's, it's really hitting me more and more every single day that, like, oh, God, I'm about to say goodbye to you guys. This is this is gonna be brutal for me. Ooh boy. Um, so yeah, getting ready for that. Um, March first. Happy birthday to me, uh, and goodbye to students. Yeah. Well, um, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, what has it? i was trying to think like what can I talk about that might be interesting for people who don't live in Japan um, right now and like maybe um, life during the pandemic I don't know what it's like in other places is the thing we don't have lockdowns here um, and again I've talked about this before I think a, a little bit but like I could t- I could talk about it a bit more it is interesting I think like um, Japan the government here cannot do lockdowns because they just don't have the authority by the constitution like the constitution does not give them the authority to uh enforce lockdowns on citizens um which is kind of a a cool little you know protection of the rights of citizens i suppose Um, but it also means like you know (laughs) in this kind of a situation a virus is going to (laughs) spread you know there's not really anything they can do about it and um you know, the news, um, according to the news, like the the healthcare system is really uh, just stretched beyond its limits right now um, in certain places, obviously in places where case numbers are low, it's fine. But like hospitals in in places where they are hit hard, uh, like here in Kyoto and in Osaka and in um, Tokyo, especially. Like, hospitals are are, being, are beyond their limits right now. I heard a uh, report of um, a kid who... Uh, there was a kid who was in an accident, in, like, a car accident or something, and was transported to, like, three or four different hospitals uh, by ambulance. They were trying to get him into a hospital, and they had to go to, like, three or four different hospitals because they kept getting rejected a hospital because they just didn't have space they just literally had no extra space available for a kid who had just been in a car accident and then it turned and then what happened was the kid died in the ambulance because they just couldn't um get him to an icu you know like it's just it's horrible um uh but still people like are not very Um, compliant with the regulations. Um, Like, so, um, I have seen occasionally things of like uh, in Western media reports of like how Japan has gotten their virus under control because they're, because Japanese people are so compliant and obedient and like they don't, they, they, are so willing to follow rules and, and regulations. Um, that is really not the case. They will mer- wear masks, um, but that is largely because culturally they w- were already wearing masks a lot. Um, culturally, people were already very, very comfortable with wearing masks in this country. It was a, it, it has always been, or has for a very long time been a culturally appropriate and accepted thing to wear a mask. Uh, when you are sick or um, and like when you're going out if you have a cold even just like a, a, a common cold um, and just wearing a mask when you go out to protect other people and to to prevent it from spreading to other people like that has been a very very common and appropriate like nobody batted an eye at that for forever ever in Japan um, and so like Wearing masks is something that people do in Japan, yes. Uh, but in terms of, like, behavior, aside from that, being compliant with the, um, you know, regulations and, and rules uh, enforced upon them or, or requested of them for um, to, to stop the spread of coronavirus, uh, people are, are really not. Like, social distancing, people don't really understand in Japan. People don't really care about it or understand it. Um, and and it's not really followed, Um, you know, things like that, like social gatherings, people don't care, people are are getting together, and having social gatherings, Um, it's really, um, yeah, people are not, um, you know, exercising any kind of self-restraint, for the most part. I'm generalizing here, of course, but like on the whole, on average, people do not exercise any kind of self-restraint in terms of changing their lifestyle for the sake of, of preventing the spread of the virus. And so um, don't be fooled by reports of the media. Um, it is possible that just, the, just the, the wearing of the masks alone is uh, one of the reasons why... Japan has been more successful than countries like the United States in terms of stopping the spread you know just that one action alone um, is maybe the reason why Japan has been a bit more successful but like Japan is not super successful Um, you gotta keep in mind also that the testing the numbers for testing is also extremely low in Japan Um, not many people get tested it's really hard to get tested in Japan you need to have a good reason to get tested Uh, if you are requesting a test like you can't just go up to a testing place and just ask to get tested and they'll do it like you have to have a good reason you have to make an appointment and have a good reason for it Um, either you've got symptoms and and the symptoms are significant and even then they might turn you away (laughs) even then they might turn you away because they think like I've heard um, uh, I have friends I have friends who have had symptoms And they have called to ask if they can get a test, Call the hospital to ask if they can come in and get tested. And the hospital says, if you have symptoms, don't come here. Like you might spread it to more people if you come here and we don't want you here. Um, Just stay home for two weeks. Like if you're not at risk of any kind of like if you have symptoms, but it's not like life threatening, like don't don't come here. Just stay home, (laughs) you know. Uh, so like they don't even, they don't want to test people here in Japan. Um, so like, yeah, keep a number, keep keep that in mind when you think about Japan. If, if anyone, if any news reports or anyone tells you like to look at Japan as an example of how to be successful with the coronavirus, like that's really take that with a huge grain of salt because that's really not the case, (laughs) um, here, here in Japan, um, uh, in terms of, like... Uh, yeah, like, when I go to the grocery store, like, it's it's packed. There's no social distancing. Like, it, everyone is wearing masks. Um, it's very, very rare to see someone out and about without a mask. Um, you do see them, but they're unusual. They, they stand out as being unusual. Everyone... And people give them dirty looks and things. Um, so, like... Wearing a mask is not an issue in Japan, and everyone does that. But uh, aside from that, um, lifestyles have not changed much. Um, oh, excuse me, sorry. I just hit my table. Um, so, yeah, that it's like, it's, it's this kind of weird thing, because, I, I, you know, I don't like staying indoors all the time but I feel like I should to be socially responsible and also like it's weird because my family like all of my family, my brothers and sisters and my parents, they're back in, in the US and some of them are on like imposed, like mandated lockdowns or stay at home orders um, and like you know it's, it feels wrong for me to be like going out and living a normal life while my family is like, you know, they're they've been really staying at home and you know, their, their kids are being homeschooled and or not homeschooled, but like are doing online classes um, and things like that. So um, like I have not gone out very much and I, I don't know, I've I'm fine with it. Like I enjoy I, I've always been kind of an indoor person and I've, I've always been like a homebody. I, I keep to myself a lot. I. I don't mind being home for long stretches of time and but like I do want to go out <laughs> like uh, but I, I'm I feel like I need to be socially responsible um, and especially as like a as a teacher like I know my, my students don't know what I do in my private life and what I do in my free time but like I think it is important to to be a role model and to be set an example you know So I, I've been, um, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been good. (laughs) So, uh, I do know that there are, um, you know, tons of people going out and as normal in Japan and, you know, uh, you know, enjoying the nightlife in Japan and stuff like that. Um, but like, I've been trying to be good and staying home more. Um, and, uh, so, that's, yeah, that's what life is like in Japan right now. Like, if you want to go out, you can, and you'll have a good time, because, like, places are open, you can go to bars still, and, like, basically, uh, live life as normal. The only thing that's different is, like, for most, not most places, for a lot of places, um, well... Every place has hand sanitizer when you walk in. They have like an alcohol spray bottle when you walk in the door. Uh, a lot of places also have temperature checks when you walk in the door. Um, but other than that, it's it's pretty normal. Um, I did go out once uh, to a ramen shop with uh, one of my coworkers. This was just after work one day. We we went to get ramen and. Um, we were wearing masks and then we walked in and we we ordered our ramen and got our ramen and then uh you know of course when the ramen arrives we take our masks off so we can eat and uh, we ate our ramen and then we just kind of uh sat and continued to talk for a while after we finished our ramen and we're uh, just didn't think about the fact that our masks were still off and we didn't put our masks back on and a guy uh, who was across the room from us he wasn't near us but he kind of it wasn't a, a big room it's a, a small little ramen shop um, uh, he kind of he looked over at us and he said in English to, to me and my coworker, um, he said please wear a mask <laughs> like in this very <laughs> uh, stern voice just please wear a mask he sounded really angry and it it gave us an angry look um, and uh, And we did like we it was just kind of a moment where we were like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, But since that was a few weeks ago, uh, that was actually several weeks ago. now. I think that was probably three or four weeks ago now um, when that happened. But um, but especially this past week, um, since we had uh, an actual outbreak at our school, I have been way more conscious about wearing my mask um, and just like keeping it on. Uh, which has made uh, my nose be extremely irritated. So I get it. It's tough to wear a mask all the time. Uh, but I do it. still do it, because it's the right thing to do. And i got to set an example for the kids. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, that is enough from me for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the last thing that I want to say this week is I have started another podcast with a friend of mine, um, one of my closest friends in the entire world, um, my my bestie, uh, his name is Henry. Um, but um, we, we started doing a podcast where we just talk about happy things. We talk about things that, that make us happy, things that are the best things for us, that, that just like It's the best. It's the greatest. Just things that make us give us that feeling are like, oh, this is the best. Um, And the podcast is called Besties Besties, because it is besties, a couple of best friends talking about the besties, talking about the best things. And um, so if if you're interested in that, um, if you if that's something that uh, sounds fun to you, um, please give it a listen. Uh, I think you can find it on Pretty much any platform. It's definitely available on Spotify. I've seen it there. Uh, but if you search besties, besties, uh, there is an apostrophe after the first besties. So it's besties, apostrophe, and then besties. Um, search for that. You can find it. Give it a listen. There is just, uh, there's just one episode out right now, I think. Right? Yeah. Uh, but the next one will, be, will go up tomorrow. Um, I think we'll, we'll try and put them out every Monday, uh, hopefully. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what's going on with, uh, with me. So, uh, please check out Besties Besties if you have the chance. Um, and, uh, if you want to send me a message, oh, we also have a Besties Besties, uh, Instagram account, although we have not actually started to use it yet because we've only just begun. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, like, fully going gung-ho promoting Besties Besties yet because we're just starting. It's it's still going to be a little bit rough, but we are really having a, a lot of fun doing it and a lot of fun making it so far. We've only done a couple of... We've only done two episodes. <laughs> but we're really enjoying it. So, um, like, I hope... Um, Uh, I think we'll continue to do it and continue to enjoy doing it. So uh, after we get like a few more episodes under our belt and get more comfortable with it, then I'm going to start promoting it a lot more. Uh, But for now, uh, I'll just promote it here. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, find me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Lawrence Dennis, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E-D-E-N-E-S. You can see the spelling for it in the thumbnail for this podcast. That is it. Thank you so much for uh, coming back and joining me with uh, Japan Education again this week. And I will talk to you all next week. Have a great, great Monday through Saturday, everyone. Bye bye.